Welcome to the Ruby Hour, a podcast produced by our company, Ruby Riot Creatives. We specialize in video production and content marketing. This podcast is devoted to people doing extraordinary things and nuggets of wisdom that they've learned along their journey. Also, just want to give you a heads up, uh, we have potty mouths and we're talking about inappropriate very special uh, snuggly episode of the Ruby Hour. Um, I have the amazing Angie Bird of Wild Studio. Her bed. Um, and uh, we're just going to do a very intimate talk today. Um, so this is not going to be our typical uh, podcast episode. Um, <laughs> Angie, what is it that you, how do you serve your community? Mmm. Mmm. Uh, so I am a coach. I've been a performance and leadership coach for many, many years and have really started to integrate more into my practice because that's one of the things that I saw what kept coming up as a theme constantly, constantly with the people that I was coaching. And then from just my own personal curiosity, my own personal life, pain points, discovery, like my own personal trajectory towards sexuality, intimacy, communication, all of those things. So it was a natural flow for me to, once I had these experiences, it was one of those like, Pow, like, oh my God, everybody needs to know this type of moment. Like every woman I know needs to know this information. So it was that type of ex- being and self. And then I also lead monthly women's groups in community. I call them wild studio circles. And they're all about getting into your power. There's embodiment practices. We talk a lot about relaxation and a lot of embodied movement, a lot of free type of movement. Great music, and it's just super, super fun. And then conversation, like real raw conversation that typically, you know, the types of things we don't normally talk about. Living of the world, and it's fantastic. Like that just lights me up so much. I started those circles for me, because I wanted it. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's just, clear it's like my favorite thing about you and when we met it was like you were going into places that the taboo you were around not just general like woman empowerment and femininity but you were like i'm here to fuck like (laughs) like this we're general like the the advice the ways that you know you've been a confidant for me has been so practical um hands-on like i you're such a unicorn to me that you're not afraid to go into very specific things and trainings and teachings um did you as far as did you just have and for people that are listening to this and not seeing the visual um you're not a 22 year old that has a youtube channel that's just like talking 
Um, did you just have a rocking sex life for the last, how many years have you been married? Yeah, so I am a grown ass woman. <laughs> I'm in my early 50s, I just turned 52, it's 2021. 20, so um, yeah, I've been married to the same man, to the same partner for 26 years. And, you know, had relationships before that. He had relationships before that. But we met when we were, to me, babies, yes. like <laughs> in our yes. early 20s. So grown together. We've grown apart. We've grown back together. Like all of the different things you can imagine when you've been with one person for that long. I mean, you really do life at that point. Um, so, yeah, I've learned a thing or two about a lot of different things. And so, no, I was not always like, like, life. Um, so I was born and raised in the South. I'm one of those women that grew up, there are things that you should and should not do. You don't talk too loud. You don't laugh too loud. You don't do anything too much. Very, very much. Everything has to be appropriate. It has to look a certain way, sound a certain way, feel a certain way. And, you know, you just stay over there and look how you look. And Mind your manners. Just, yes. So very, very much grew up in that way and had a loving family. Like, I don't yeah. blame them. It's just the culture yes. in which I was raised. Yes. And um, informed who I was for a very, very, very long time. And so once I started to really discover and explore, talk a bit about how I got here, it kind of shattered a lot of the taboo and a lot of the constraints that I was living in unnecessarily. And once I started to see this and combining all the years of my own personal growth and discovery and work that, you know, coaching work that I had been doing when I added this it it was like that final piece of the puzzle just clicked in and everything made so much sense it was like aha got it so i was in a place in my life a few years ago where you know our relationship we have a great relationship my great foundation we do life really well together and he was much more wanting to, it was actually him. He was the one who was much more wanting to. He was the one who was always initiating sex. I was always, you know, I have two children. I was mom. I was, you know, there were times when I was working. There was times when, you know, I was just busy. And still this like little voice in my head was somewhere in there going, you know, girls just like, I'm, I'm a mom now. Like, I can't be a rod. Just, I don't know, maybe if we go out of town, it would show up, you know, stuff like that. And so really diving into this work um, had me realize that it's just all complete bullshit. So that little bit around maybe if we go out of town, mm -hmm. it would show up. Yeah. That I've recognized is talking with girlfriends um, and in my own personal life, it's the being on this quest of like what actually genuinely 
response in my physical body. Um, what do you run into a lot with clients when it comes to, uh, you know, a scenario of, oh, well, he wants, I just, I don't, I have, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. Why should that be on my radar? Or I have a hard time getting to that place. Um, is that something common? Very. It starts with, number one, if we're talking in this scenario about women, wh whoever their partnership is with, mm -hmm. but it's really about self on. So really great questions to ask are, I turn myself off when, mm. or I turn away, and then digging into that because it's all about the self. Mm -hmm. We want to project it out onto someone else, like doesn't do it right, or I'm bored, or this thing or that thing. But it's all really right here and taking radical responsibility for your own actions, and then that what to identify in yourself what you want what are your desires what does turn you on and really ask yourself those questions about it i think you know we get to a point in our lives where we lose curiosity and especially when we're in a long-term partnership we think we know everything about that person over there mm. we don't our vast like there's so much to learn about a human and we're never the same person from year to year day to day i mean so we're always changing there's always a lot to learn um getting women back in touch with their bodies and that's where i do a lot of the embodiment work resensitizing the body feel like bobbleheads yeah like I'm just all up here yes. living my life and thinking the thoughts and just all heady and then trying to solve problems and out thinking the situation and it doesn't work dropping into the body a woman's power is in and our bodies are much more powerful than our stories way more just take your, all the stories that you've got up here and just go set in the body and self-pleasure and learn your own body i talk to so many women who who you know might know anatomy mm -hmm. but they're themselves with their own hands yeah like touch your body mm -hmm. with your own hands mm -hmm. find out what feels good to you then you can start communicating to your partner desire and don't worry about if it hurts their feelings or not they want to know they yeah. want to know what turns you on they really really do mm -hmm. so in terms of um actual turn on and tendencies um i know we've um discussed miss jaya blueprints um could you give a brief summary of what is that and um, just run through a few of the core ones? What's a crash course of that? Yeah, absolutely. So Jaya is, she was one of my main teachers. I studied with her for a year. I was a private one-on-one -on -one VIP client. Transformed my world, changed my life like so much. Like I knew that doing this work was going to touch a lot more in my life than just sex. 
it took my entire consciousness, my entire being, the seat of my soul raised. And it doesn't seem like that, but it is like, it's so, so primal in it. And it cuts to such a deep level of who we are as humans. Like, I do think this is the work of our time. It really um, has created a body of work called the erotic blueprints. And it's basically like kind of the love language type of thing. So there's five main you can categorize yourself into. And one of them is energetic. There's sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. And so this is what I learned from her and I use it in my own life. I use it in my practice and it's brilliant. So if someone, and it's so, it's fascinating to know and what you want and what you gravitate towards and also what your partner is, who they are, what they gravitate towards, because then times if we're speaking a different erotic language, if our bodies respond in different ways and we don't know that, you kind of do get in this pattern of like, like, why am I got, what are you, I don't know. And then yeah. we get the women freaking like, I must have low libido. I don't want it anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And the man is like, that can be reversed. It can yes. be the woman who's like, let's go. And the guy's like, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, give me a beer and Netflix or yes. whatever, you know. So however that simple is you're not speaking each other's language. So if you have an energetic and then this person is kinky, you know, when you just get together, everything's hot. And it's ha. Ah. Yeah. But you know, you honeymoon. Yes. Whatever. You're just like ah, yeah. hot about everything. Yeah. And then that is going to go away. It just does. But the great news is that can be re-sparked. It is much easier to recharge and relight to find someone that you're compatible with mm -hmm. in all the other places in your life. Yes. yes. Right? So finding, and this is such topic because the stability and safety and the things that bring a relationship two people together that actually makes that relationship work outside of the bedroom is commonality we share interest we have a lot in common we things we create that structure security and stability and safety and that's what being in the love part of the relationship is all about. But those are erotic tension. So erotic tension over here needs novelty, risk, differences, all of that. Exactly go together. So once this stability and safety has been established in a relationship, then we're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, and then you have children your and then you have jobs and then, you're like, and then, you know, we have sex because yeah, we're whatever we're doing it. We need to do it. And it just, yeah, it, it exactly. But if the relationship is good, you can work to create erotic tension. Like I was saying before, that's, that's possible.
finding someone with you when you have that compatibility. Mm -hmm. And so people, you know, divorce rates and all these types of things, people are like, oh, well, we don't have sex anymore. We must necessarily, you just need to create some erotic tension and we can do that. So with the erotic blueprints, because we just listed off the five, mm -hmm. if Could you do a quick crowd? Like what's kink? What's, what is energetic? What's sensual? Got it. Okay. So energetic blueprint is some like you're going to feel someone. It can be the type of thing where you can be sitting across the room from someone and you can feel that again. Tease comes into play and it's all just about energy mm -hmm. and all of these blueprints also have a shadow side so there's that um, are very very responsive to someone's energy like the energy has to be right or it won't work mm -hmm. like you have to come to me with the correct energy if you come to me this frantic kind of desperation I'm like mm -mm, no yeah. <laughs> like I need relaxed over there I need confident over there and that's what that so, um, and then for sensual, sensuals love soft things. For sensual, they have to, yes, they like, everything has to be just so like, the right music, the mu uh, you know, lighting candles, the right smells. Again, super, super duper soft things. Fabrics make a big difference. Like they want the space to be absolutely perfect. And so their shadow can be like, if there's a sock on the floor, I can't have sex with you. Yeah, if there's like, a laundry like, bin. I can't, I can't, yes. not gonna happen. Like, thinking there's a sock on the floor. Like, you know, yeah. so making sure if you know you're that blueprint or you know your partner is that blueprint, you do, you create the space to be, and then you go in, have a time, have some time for relaxation, really create the environment so that when your partner is there, they're in their blueprint. They so then the sexual blueprint is really exactly what it sounds like. It's that person who's like, just give me the sex. Just yeah. like, let's go. Yes. You know, they're all about the genitals. All let's get to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need all that energetic stuff. Like, I don't need any of that. I don't care about their socks on the floor. Like, yeah. let's just go at it. Yeah. Know? So that's like a very just practical. Um, I feel like that's what men get cast as often. I agree. And I find there are just as many women that are sexual blueprints as men. Yeah. It's not a female male thing at all. Yeah. But it's men, I think, do get cast that way. Like I think of like every romance movie or every, you know, whatever like is mm -hmm. on Netflix where it's like the guy's just rearing to go. You yeah. know, it's, a, it's like, really though? Yeah. Yeah. In um, real life. Mm, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. is um, there's a couple of different types of kink. So there's psychological kink, which is, you know, you have to call and I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'd like for you to take that shoulder of that pink teddy right there. And I'd like you to lower it just about three inches, you know, and you're just like with yes. words and stuff like yes. that. So that psychological kink, I find th the women that I have, um, that I work with love that. They love it way more than they 
start exploring it and they're like, oh my God, mm -hmm. I had no idea. The language, the communication, the speaking, the words, the playing with the dom um, that would fall into the kink blueprint, like the power play and all of that. So you've got the psychological kink. Then you have the sensational kink, mm -hmm. which is different types of touch. But like a kink touch is going to be that more of a scratch. You can use implements. You can take a fork. You can find anything in your house. I a sex door. <laughs> like... <laughs> You can get chains, ropes, like Garden tape, like what? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly, like paintbrushes. You know, yes. it's so you can literally get a fork from your kitchen and like play with that scratching. You know, the the world of kink is gigantic. I, something that is a real, real shame in our society and our culture is that we've taken some of these, these, um, they've gotten very twisted in these taboos and people have such judgment around like, oh, BDSM and kink and blah, dom and sub and, oh, and like, oh my God, that stuff. It's not, it's really not. Like I am a mom, I'm like the girl next door and I am telling you, it's fascinating. And if you can open yourself up just this much to be curious and explore a little bit of these things, you find like, oh, this is actually really fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that um, I've heard it, kink is defined as anything that feels a little taboo to you. That's as subtle as like, you know, if you're going through your day and it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to not wear underwear today and no one else knows, but you know, and maybe in your appropriate, you know, that's something naughty. I think that's where the term, oh, naughty, mm -hmm. like that's to me, it's a little, mm -hmm. but I love that, you know, cause I, I, I was like, oh God, like there's going to be like chains and we're, I'm going to be suspended from yes. the ceiling, like that cell movie or something. And then figuring out to you. Yeah. And that can be something that's like really out there or it can be subtle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It could be something as easy as like cuff on your wrist that is just fun for you like you know what that is and yeah. it's a bracelet but it's also a cuff yeah. right like not wearing underwear one day or wearing a necklace that has a certain meaning yeah. or wearing a certain scent or sending a text to someone or whatever like you know fun language around certain things or or a quick video or mm -hmm. you know Lots of different things. Stop using our imagination, I think, so many times. And kink is really about the imagination and relaxing our ideas about what are taboos and just making this, normalizing the conversation around some of these things that we think are taboo because they're not, not really. So one of my best girlfriends, we, but something you know she's super career oriented um like s incredibly soulful just totally one of the most charismatic people that i know 
she has, you know, and, you know, like early thirties, uh, just in that, that chapter of life and loves her partner to death. And she just comes home. I mean, just the chapter of life. It's not even like, oh, she had a busy work week. It's just her. She's been like, Shelby, I don't know how to shift from work and to even figuring out how do I turn myself on? Like, I don't know how to bridge that gap. And for someone in that scenario, like what are some practical support her in transitioning? Absolutely. So one of the things that we, that I talk about a lot and uh, is polarity, right? Times when women are in our career mode, we're in the season of life where we're like, go, I'm working, I'm busting my ass, I'm, you know, doing mindset, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. We want that, yeah. right? Not asking to give that up or weaken it in any way. So let's call it masculine energy. So when I say that, I mean that go driving, linear, focused, determined sort of energy. It's not necessarily all humans have both masculine and feminine energy in equal parts all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've flexed and more. Mm -hmm. wow. So what we've done is let the feminine muscle atrophy a little bit. Okay. So all it is, is just masculine energy down the go driven the energy actually in the body flows from the center and it goes straight up and out this way. It's to be more circular, more open, and it can be a little bit more chaotic. It's the creative force, it's creative energy, and it's very, very okay. right? And so the marriage of the two is that they crave each other. And so the structure craves that life force energy and the swirling circling life force energy craves the structure mm. right so they you really can marry the two nicely so going back to your it would be determining practices for her she can determine them for herself if you take a little time to sit with yourself and say what do i my body need? Do I need to sit? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to relax? Do I need to go take a dance class? Do I need to take a bath? What's calling to me right now? Also some other um, kind of baby step type of practices to move someone in that direction in the morning before you single morning I call it the good morning practice. You're lying in bed before you even open your eyes like you're just lying there Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your pussy. Say hello, good mm. morning. It can take 30 seconds, it can take 30 minutes, whatever you want. And that has nothing to do with children, partner, nothing. It's just for you to connect to yourself, connect to your body, ask your body what she wants, what she needs, how's she doing. It's nice connecting to yourself in a very feminine and open way. The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings, way more than the
whole reason for being is pleasure. Mm. Pleasure. That's it. So starting your day with a tiny little pleasure and breathing into that energy and starting to build up a little bit more of that feminine mm. throughout your day and checking in with yourself in that way throughout the day down that path and then there's tons of other things depending on that person mm -hmm. what would be resonating for them as far as like what's something good to start building for over utilizing the masculine because we don't want to get rid of either one mm -hmm. so that makes me think of um many moons ago i we were, I was in um, a season of life where I had a partner in my life that, you know, um, it was like I found where I was wanting to take charge, you know, um, trying to make plans to go out of town or do, you know, just life activities. I was grabbing the reins and found myself um, craving being able to relax. I wanted to let go of control. And I think that this is something you know, girlfriends so many times that are career oriented or they're entrepreneurs and they know how to do that grind thing. And then they come home and it's like, okay, I want to, I want to tap. And I had expressed to you, you know, I want, I want to have somebody that's like, just grabs the reins, grabs my hair, you know, just totally like throw me I wanted that. Um, talk to me about what, how does that polarity play out in relationships or couplings? Yeah, totally. And I hear that so much, especially from women who are go-getters, mm -hmm. ambitious, really, a, I mean, a lot of women, but it's like, that is so, so, so common. It's like, like yeah. just take me and you know yes. and we have guilt around that yeah like I shouldn't I shouldn't want to be treated that way yes that a good woman right. like well, not a feminist credit. not a like yes. I, I'm not going to be for women if I want some dude to come over here and throw me up against a wall yes. like yes. but because that's the polarity that I'm talking about when we're in the space of erotic tension and creating erotic friction, there's no morality there. This is a tough one for people to swallow. There's no morality in the bedroom. There is consent. Consent. Mm. Two people creating something together very openly with tons of communication and consent. Two people however they want it, with whomever they want it, anytime they want it, as long as they're on the same page, mm. right? So it can look like to create any sort of scenario, any sort of scene, you be the cop, I'll be the robber, like, I don't know what, whatever yeah. floats your boat. Like yeah. you can go anywhere as long as there's consent. And so often that women find themselves in this position of, I just want somebody to take it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. Things in that. One is wanting to surrender control because we do feel like we're in control so much. And that create that it takes creating that 
the, we'll say the woman's perspective, the more feminine energy perspective, that means surrendering and relaxing. That's not easy to do. When all day, we want to do that. And we get there and we're like, okay, but then we're still in control. Our brain is still like, oh, wait a minute. And by the way, you're not doing it right. And you know, right. It's like the brain is still running, even though we're sort of in our bodies going, I'm relaxed. But through letting go in a true surrender so that you create the space Mm -hmm. for the masculine to take a stand for you. Because if you're, he's confused. He's like, I don't know. know. You say you want this, but then I'm not doing it right. So he doesn't really know. It's confusing. Conversation. I want to totally surrender and you're going to have to help me. Yeah. Help me. We've got to help each other. It's not like you're just going to do like you've got to work with each other. Right. Mm And another thing that can happen is, you know, women want them a lot of times and that, you know, it just doesn't, just doesn't work that way. But what we can do is teach and train our partners to, Mm -hmm. to start to read your body, communicate with your body. And we've got to be in touch with our bodies to create that. And to let it be up to yourself and be willing to be seen. I, Which is terrifying. Let's just pause there for a second. Because mm-hmm. to truly be seen. It's so terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. In, on so many levels. And there's... And I've done it with... Um, couples and I've done it in my women's groups as well where you have creating polarity and people can do this on their own have one person holding the space being that center being the strong stable um, you can do it with friends I mean it's it's a beautiful exercise to do creating structure masculine energy of just holding space and being there and you're playing a song and the other person is being in the they're flowing and they're just dancing and just it doesn't have to be choreographed it doesn't have to look like dance it could look like whatever you want some sort of movement and creating that feminine flow and letting the masculine stand there and then you switch so that both people feel what it feels like to be both and they're everybody's moving and then everybody just stands and you face to face lock eyes and you just stand and hold presence for each other. I mean, and the thing that always comes out from that is it's so hard to be seen, to be in front of someone in my, even if it's just for a couple of minutes and have that person truly see me. It's even just in a small scenario like that. So then you take something like that. It's terrifying for people to truly be seen. So that's really where a lot of the work is, is communicating and allowing and letting go.
relaxing into the moment so that you can fully surrender to your partner and then that partner has enough space to be able to stand in that relationship container and allow you to completely explode and unravel because mm. that's where the magic is yeah that is so I've done similar exercises where it totally feels yeah just to you know the five minutes looking into somebody's eyes mm -hmm. and yeah. everything gazing into somebody else's eyes um, as far as I guess coming back to that training your partner and what you like what sensations um, what are some practical what's the language I know sometimes I find myself feeling tongue-tied or you know kind of doing what I want but like what are just some practical like mm -hmm. the language for um, a man or a woman to be like I like this technique this stroke or um, positive affirmation or reaffirmation of when they are doing something right what mm -hmm. what's some lingo yeah so I would say even having sex is on the table right so in a in a scenario outside of the bedroom start talking about it have a conversation like to be touched who does that no one says that no one has that conversation what can that bring up number one it's a big fat fucking turn on because you're starting yes. to talk get into the juicy stuff of it. you're like so let's talk about how we like to be touched how do you like to be touched and you can start playing with those blueprints like do you like a very light is how pleasurable is this or is it more sensual do you like the more sensual type of touch you know do you like do you like just straight genital touch kinky do you like to be scratched like let's play mm -hmm. let's play for a minute and see what type of touch we like and if you already know what you are that's what I like this is how I like to be touched and where point out your erogenous zones. Yeah. These are my erogenous zones. Here, but on my breasts, I like a little bit harder. I like a more sensual type of touch. So you're instructing, you're giving, you're educating before you're actually in the place because then you're all wrapped up and no one's really listening and then you're going to get in your head. He's not doing it right. And you know, and then he's, yeah you know and then that loop is right yes. and then that's where typically most people live yeah so when we can have those conversations beforehand like if you're just getting to you're in a long-term partnership go back right create a date for yourself where you're like okay let's talk about this like we don't know each other start over fresh and start talking about the types of touch. Play with them, see what you like. Another thing is um, all sensual flaneuring. <laughs> to flaneur means to wander. So you take turns with your partner. Like one person is there on the bed, you can set a timer, you know, whatever you want to do. And you literally just wander over your person's body. Just play wander there has there doesn't need to be sex 
right? That's the consent conversation. But these are the types of exploratory and discovery type of sessions and conversations to have so that you actually get into a scenario, you have information that you typically don't have beforehand. So now that you have this knowledge, you're like, idea here. I got an idea of what we like. Talking about what you like. Do you like dirty talk? Do you like using your language during sex? Are you more meditative during sex? Or are you outward with eyes open, like talking the whole time? Like, that's a very different scenario things about each other hmm. before you're having sex so that just made me think about i know for me when i start genuine not just like the engaging i think of there's a very outward energy if i'm being intimate with a partner and i'm i'm more of that like i'm giving i'm a part go into my own receptivity mm -hmm. I find maybe maybe it's because I am a very visual person and I work in visual video production, but I want to close my eyes. I want to close the sensory of the visual. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I pretty much if I start opening my eyes about to climax and I'm yeah. just going for like, you know, the fireworks explosions of like oh that's so erotic to see but in the build up to that very much usually want to have my eyes closed mm -hmm. but I've been like is that me avoiding intimacy is that um something where you know am I shutting down is that me genuinely surrendering to like I really I think of it as seeing and experiencing with my body and not the two things in my skull resonate with that a lot just at a, on a personal level mm -hmm. and I think that it's probably more common than we think I don't have I don't have any right or wrong any of that I think it's so deeply personal mm -hmm. and th it just is what it is yeah right and it can change at any moment and it's something that we can okay. let me try one time keeping my eyes open and see what happens yeah right and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we don't have to overthink it so much. Shutting down one of the senses, mm -hmm. like, I love wearing a blindfold. Yes. It's super hot to me. Yes. Because of that reason. Mm -hmm. It shuts one of everything else and gets me more out of my mind and more into my body. Mm. Like, a lot of the body mapping work that I do and just different, you know, types of things that couples can do. We'll definitely have people wear a blindfold because of that reason. And it does kind of get you into a, it can produce a more meditative state and you're using your own, like, this is what's happening now in my body and gets you into your body. So yeah, I mean, that's like, great. If it's working for you, perfect. Yeah. Keep it. Communicate with partners too, of being like, I'm closing my eyes because I want to fully experience like what this sensation, this thing, you know, like I want to be in this. To be like, I'm not shutting you out. Exactly. You know, like, like, yeah, I'm great. Not ignoring you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not picturing someone else. Or, yes. Oh, you can. Who cares? Yes. Like, yeah. Um, so.
Let's say there's one partner that's more adventurous and being like, hey, I think I might want to be spanked. Yeah. And then the other person is like, what? You know, if it's something taboo and the other person is unfamiliar with it, um, what are some things, what's kind of advice for... Which side? Let's say, let's start with the one that your partner says, well, I can just think of so many awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> like if your partner's wanting to do something that you perceive as taboo, like, right. I just have an ongoing great thing going of being like, you know, honey, I really want to try pegging. <laughs> I really would like to let yeah. I would love for you to take it. Energetic cock. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then, and, and then it's like, if it's shocking, if it's triggering, if it's unfamiliar, that just heard a request yeah what are some tools uh, to maneuver a scenario yeah so number one communication obviously again being afraid of the conversation oh. like because so many people I find are are even scared to bring something up like the actually two the minutes same. later just because you said it <laughs> doesn't mean that it's gonna happen like in the next five minutes you know just talk about it right I tell people all the time lighten up around all this stuff it doesn't have to be so heavy it's like yeah, yeah you know have a conversation about like what's the wild what's the craziest thing that you want to do for you like what would that look like well, for me, I don't know. I kind of have this fantasy about pegging. I mm -hmm. think that'd be super hot to be in that role. And just talk about it, having the conversation. And if you have a, if you're the one that's going to be bringing something up, yes, yes. and you know that you have a fear, going to be like, oh shit. Uh -huh. Then you want to really take some time to create the container of the conversation first. Right? So you're going to set. I would love to talk about some things. Let's talk about fantasies. Let's make it super fun and light. None of these things have to happen. Right? None of this has to happen today. And it could be really fun for us just to talk about it. And what I'm going to ask from you is talk about and have no judgment. And I will not also not be judging anything that you come up. So this is a judgment-free zone. Whatever is, mm -hmm. we are safe to talk about anything that we want and we are safe to bring up any crazy idea or whatever fantasies that we have like, look like. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do them today. Mm -hmm. And then whatever comes out of that conversation if there's little pieces that you're with, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's say there's something around spanking. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's go, um, let's just play with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. How can we get comfortable? Okay, well, how can we get comfortable around that? What's your fear? Well, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to cause you pain. Like, I don't, I'm scared I'm gonna hurt you. It's like, that's kind of what I want. And to get that permission, mm. right? And this goes all the way back to polarity. You're 
scenario, you're giving that masculine permission mm -hmm. to, let's say, hurt you. Right. Not really. I mean, right. I want to be very careful here. You know, the safe container that you're creating together. Yeah. Right. Like, no, I want, I want you to spank me. Yeah. I want that. Mm -hmm. I promise that I will tell you yep. if it eight words Ooh. green is for go yes, yes, yes. yellow is for like okay you're getting there we're still on the spanking example yep. okay that's we're, we're on the line and red yes or stop completely yes okay we're done I stop love that language i love that language yeah. because thinking of the stoplight you know green being you know that's such a good check and and like, you know, yellow being like, okay, wait, let's either take a pause. Mm -hmm. Let me just regroup or that's mm -hmm. a lot of sensory. Let me just, let's just pause the scene, not end. And then the red being like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like Done. either whatever the, whatever mm -hmm. was the catalyst mm -hmm. to in, in the scene. Yes. I really like that, that type of language playing and the container or the scene of whatever the fantasy or the experience is. Um, so that way, you know, you're like, are we still, are we going to get some coffee or a cocktail right now? And <laughs> do I need to still keep doing this? You know, because exactly. I think, I think it comes back to what you described of like you and your partner, you do life together really well and you have the other parts of your world that you are compatible and you have this, you know, like he's your, you know, your buddy, like, mm -hmm. you know, just there's sure. that, that totally. amount of support so that then you can come out of whatever scene or a term laughter lubricates, you right. know, it's like, don't yeah. be afraid to be like, Totally. This is totally ridiculous. And we tried it and we're like, oh, that just, that wasn't so hot. I can, I mean, there's so many stories for me of like, you know, you're like, some of these things, there's different fluids and things involved with them. And like, <laughs> piece of material in the trash after this. Like, there's just so many things that... You have to laugh at the humanity of... Absolutely. And that's, you know... This is how we have fun. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with making it playful and light. Like, oh my God, we have enough serious shit in the world. Like, let's lighten, play and have fun. And to really create truly deep intimacy too. Mm. Like through that lightness, through that playfulness, to bond with someone, if that's your intention. Mm. You know, even if it's for one night, like... But to have a truly bonding experience with another human being. To know that specific part of someone, whether it's, again, one night or if it's a 30-year relationship, you know, it's still basically the same type of. I love that. I love, I think my biggest takeaways in this last year of, you know, this erotic pursuit and, you know, just that, that rapid brave enough to ask, what is it that I want? What is it that, what is it for me? Um, is recognizing the, the communication side. Uh, for me was like, I, I wasn't familiar enough with my own anatomy, with my own sensations. I wasn't paying attention enough when I would give my 
experience um, to be like, okay, cool. Like when I actually do get a certain level of arousal, this sensation shifts for me, or then I'm really craving this patterns um, and also from different scenarios of playing to just realize like everyone's anatomy is so and I mean and and it's not just women of course like men as well but that powerful question of how do you like to be touched um, Localized, like even in the in the moment of a moment of intimacy and mm -hmm. and having a session of being like, would you like me to go faster or slower? How do you like this pressure right now? Would you like how you know like don't take them out of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. But being like, would you like faster or would you like slower right now? Like mm -hmm. what what can I do for you right now? Is this just those little mini time? Yeah, so that you're able to be in service of one another and how do you like to be touched and then how do i like to touch you mm -hmm. and knowing the different tendencies absolutely and that's a great point because i've been talking a lot about all the conversations to have before right but it is also important like you're saying to also keep that line of communication open without judgment mm. so that everyone feels safe to ask questions explore and to vocalize what they want because a lot of women not all a lot of women tend to clam up yeah and stop talking and and we just think like okay well it's just happening you know and it's like mm, is it happening to you or for you or with you right like involved in this exchange it's not something that's just a rote experience because it's always been that way, you know, and this is and come online, um, especially for the feminine, because we have a lot of fantasies, we have a lot of stuff in our head. And, you know, we can have shame around these certain things. And so to, to do those check ins, like you're talking about, and, and, you know, speed, pressure, all these different things. Do you like your toes? your toes do you like you know licking in between your toes do you like and and then for the person just because the question is asked doesn't mean you have to say yes you can say no i'm good i'm yeah. good there and you can also kind of take the charge out of it with a from a yes or no question by doing it in a ranking system between one and so the question instead of do you like you know your big toe socked it could be how much pleasure does this give you? How pleasurable is this on a orgasmic? One being, don't do that. You know, three is like neutral. Yeah. You know, so if someone says on a scale of one to five, how pleasurable is this? Whatever it is that they're doing. It takes the personalness out of it. I love that. Right, it, the, the other person isn't gonna take it personally, right? Yeah. If you say, do you like this or personal yeah so we want to take that out of it and just let your body say what it wants to say I love that um, you just you know having shame around certain fetishes or certain things that just happen to turn you on this is something that for years I know I was like 
into this or that I desire this or that I want this. So, you know, what's something for if someone's listening to this right now and they're they're listening to all this well actually like this one thing over here, I don't really even want to look at it because I have so much shame, but then it wildly turns them on. Mm. How, what would help bridge that gap for their pleasure? Yeah, so saying something out loud, just the takes the charge out of it. So it kind of depends. Is this something that you want to keep for yourself? In your own mind is kind of your place to go that's private to you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Or is it you actually want to have an experience of mm-hmm. in the real world, in real time? And if that's the case, and if you're ch- that, that would actually be, I actually really want that. Like, I want that experience. Mm. Then, you know, again, it's about communication and setting it up and explaining and exploring what that could look like from a very baby step type of fashion. And, and you can make it fun and funny and light, right? It's like, I got this thing and it is out there to me the other person might be like it's not that crazy you know (laughs) like so huge but it's like i got this thing to me it's like crazy crazy and oh but mm, it is you know and and relate you like this so deeply turns me on and then talking it saying it out loud letting it be alive in the light die because you said it right and then like oh i didn't just get swallowed up in a big hole into the middle of the earth for saying that thing like i'm still here i'm still breathing all right and then and then you know if it's something that the two people are like i don't know maybe we explore that a little bit slowly take steps to move towards that thing Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's a like, I don't know, let's just jump in and do the thing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. We're... It really depends on the person and where they are. And but releasing that shame, because let me tell you, every stuff, everybody has fantasies. Everybody has that thing that they think like, ooh, that one's really taboo and juicy and I don't can I tell a quick story? Yes. So I was in an event years ago and there was an older woman at this event and she was in her right whole life story. I won't get into. Um, but one of her fantasies was to be gangbanged. Y'all she's married, been married to the same man for 40 years, you know, 50 years. They have the best relationship. And she was like, I really have. She's like, I want a group of men. She's like, I just have this crazy fantasy. And just her being able to say that Mm -hmm. out loud to me in a group. 
so freeing and liberating. And then it liberated all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care. Like, I don't, she can want whatever she wants. I have no judgment around that, mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to own their desires. And we all get to own what we want. Again, doesn't mean it's going to happen that day. Well, and it's, I love that idea of like, you know, is it something that you want to share and bring into the external world? Or is it something that, you know, you have in your back little, keep it in your gut. Here's this nasty thing that is my thing. Mm -hmm. And it's me, myself, and I. Yeah. So it might be something you just want to keep for you. Mm -hmm. Or it might be something in the world. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, how can people get involved, follow any of the content, any of the things that are, can they find you? How can they get connected? So I have a website, obviously it's www.ourwildstudio.bird on Instagram. And it's B-Y-R-D. B-Y-R-D, correct. Angie.B-Y-R-D on Instagram. And then of course my website I have a newsletter that goes out. I, I do monthly programs. I do all sorts of things. So all the information is there on the website and amazing. Angie, thank you for your time. Thank this you. has been such a bucket list juicy conversation. Thank you so much. And I for anyone that's listening questions or you know post uh recording um things to share with angie feel free to email them to us add them to the comments shut down by all of the <laughs> internet gods um and thank you so much for listening and thank you angie thank you dear i've loved being here with you